Hi, welcome to Madison Bookbeat. I'm Angie Trudell Vasquez. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with poet Matthew Gutierrez. Matthew, would you like to say hello to our listening guests? Hello, hello. Good evening. Good evening. You thank are you. list. Thank you for being on Madison Bookbeat on WORT eighty nine point nine FM, Madison's community radio. Um, I would really like to start with the title um, of your book, which is called Notes I Wrote Along the Way, and I am really interested in the cover, how it came to be. Oh, the cover, the cover, yes. A um, friend of mine who helped me with the translation um, into Spanish, I kind of was looking for someone to... Um, obviously put this art piece together and she happened to know a friend but the background behind it when I asked for the cover to be done I was looking for I wanted this to have a Van Gogh type esque type feeling that Van Gogh is like my favorite painter um, and so I love the way his style and the way his paintings um, appear and I just kind of wanted that same yeah, exactly. I mean, not obviously not the exact same, but something like that. And I wanted to have it that look and that feel. So I hope that kind of comes off a little bit of Van Gogh-ish. But um, I just thought that, you know, this is life is a journey. And so I just wanted a, uh, you know, gentleman walking down a country road or country sidewalk or however, and just have the sun in front of him, uh, his back to us. And, uh, you know, I like a, the old... That outfit kind of reminds me of, I don't know, the feeling of maybe 1920-ish, mm-hmm. 30-ish, you know, with the suspenders, the hat. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a nice, you know, nice field, um, like somewhere out in the countryside. But just him walking along, it goes in with the idea of life as a journey, and so he's walking his journey. Well, Matt, I'm going to call you Matt if that's okay. Um, I love that yeah. you love Van Gogh. I, too, love Van Gogh. I have more than a few prints in my house of his and uh, I see it. I can see the hills. It is a picture, um, impressionist with the sun and um, lines for the hills. And I, it is. It appears to me an older, thinner man who's taking a look, walking around, and maybe reflecting. So that that's awesome. I'm so glad I asked that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of the impressionist myself. And then yes. I open it up, and there's this cute picture. Of someone, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, I think, and uh, Superman. So I'm guessing one of these is you. Could you talk about that a little bit? No, neither one is me. No? Those are my two sons. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to put a picture of myself in the book, so I used a picture of them. And this picture is kind of old. I mean, this picture goes back. Boy, I don't know. The Winnie the Pooh now, he is 18. Oh, so wow. how far back this goes. Okay. Um, but I didn't want to put a picture of myself, so I wanted to put a some picture in there, and I thought, well... Well, it's adorable, and it's in black and white for the listening audience, so it does appear to be an old picture. I thought, oh, maybe that's you and your brother or someone. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I, maybe maybe the next one I'll take a picture of me. But. Well, you never know. You know, there's not a picture on the back either. Um, before we have you uh, grace us with the preface and ground us in ceremony, I'm going to read your bio Matthew James Gutierrez has a bachelor's in science and a master's in educational psychology from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. As an undergraduate, he studied creative writing, focusing on fiction writing and poetry. 
Other experiences include screenplay and television writing courses at UCLA. You can follow Matthew on Instagram at Matthew James underscore G and at Notes to Poetry. And that is two as in the number two, at Notes to Poetry. So, um, Matt, could you open with the prefers, which I thought was just a really beautiful couple of prose blocks. Oh, yeah. At a young age, I discovered a small yet useful talent. And once I opened the gate, the talent entered my life and made itself at home. There have been times that I have picked up a pen and paper without purpose and wrote the lines or words that were floating in my mind. I never set sail on a journey to become a poet. I have never sought out the wisdom of a poet laureate or positioned myself between this life and the next in hopes of channeling the mind of Robert Lowell or Walt Whitman. On the contrary, I simply picked up a pen, draw forth some paper, I do what seems to be God-given and natural. I just write with every ounce of emotional passion. Mm. Yeah. I kind of had to work on that, but a um, little story behind that yeah. is when I wrote that, um, you know, I, I discovered in high school that I was kind of writing and or I could write uh, or I had the ability at least, you know, somewhat of an ability to write. Uh, I liked a girl, and this is the story I guess, it's true. <laughs> I liked a girl, could not tell her I liked her, so I spent my time in, you know, a keyboard class or typing class, and I would just write these poems. And, you know, I, I kind of say in here that it just kind of made itself at home because I didn't really know back then what I was doing or how I was doing mm-hmm. it. I just didn't even really think I was writing poetry. I was just writing these what I call cheesy little stories and <laughs> I would give them to her but never said hey this is about you for you mm-hmm. I just want to say hey what do you think about this but mm-hmm. yeah I was too shy to tell her I liked her so I was writing instead um it did come to me till later that you know I actually may be able to do something like writing and then kind of started working on it but at that time I was just trying to Well, I have a couple of thoughts on that. Um, So you say at a young age, so high school or middle school? High school, yeah, this was about 16, yeah, yeah, 17. Okay. Well, quite some time ago. I I too started writing some pretty bad love poetry in high school. (laughs) (laughs) It's common, it's common. It, it, (laughs) It is common, and I often say that poets have a really good way of hiding behind their poems sometimes. Um, yeah, but I, I like the line where um, I never sought out the wisdom of a poet laureate. And, you know, I'm the Madison poet laureate. So that kind of tickled yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know where that crossed upon me. Uh, I had a class at UWM, I think, at the time. Susan mm, Ferrer was the mm-hmm. was the walkie poet laureate mm-hmm. when I was doing, uh, I had an under, I mean, I had a creative a minor for creative writing and I took some poetry and classes and she was the instructor so I just remember that and maybe that's where I kind of took that from. You are so lucky to have studied with Susan Ferrer. I was living in Seattle and I found a book of her poems at Left Bank Books in the Pike Place Market I'm like oh my gosh who is this poet? Um, uh, yeah. That was my introduction yes. to Milwaukee was her poems. Yeah that's so cool. And then the, or position myself between this life and the next. So which seems kind of like, you know, a little trippy, right? Um, Yeah, I guess. I mean, I I guess in my belief, too, I don't know. I think we, 
take multiple journeys through this life and so mm -hmm. you know i guess in the past life or maybe in the next life we'll see what i'm gonna be but um yeah when i was a young boy i wanted to be i think like i would think maybe a majority of young men and their boys think we're gonna play baseball or basketball mm -hmm. or play some sports i didn't that's why i kind of felt like i didn't seek out you know say yeah. hey i want to be a writer or i want to write poetry i just realized one day hey I might have a knack for this. I might be able to do this. Um, or maybe I did, and I just subconsciously was trying to be a poet and, you know, not aware of it. Well, you're definitely a poet. And we should tell the oh, listening audience that Notes I Wrote Along the Way is bilingual. It's in Spanish and English, which um, I, I would like to talk to you a little bit about that. But I really wanted to open with this. And then you say... I just write with every ounce of emotional passion. And in yeah. reading this entire book, um, it is obvious that um, it's very, um, very honest throughout. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the hardest thing about writing and putting it out there. I'm sure you know that as well. Yeah. Once you put something out there, it's kind of like, ooh, now everybody knows what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> when I teach poetry, though, and I don't know if you do this with your students, but I let them use I, not for themselves, but as a character they create. Like, I doesn't always have to be us, you know? That's what I tell okay. them anyway. Yeah. Well, and um, before I have you read the poem Questionable on page two, um, let's talk about why you made this collection bilingual. Um, yeah, I go back, and I, I know I've told this story before. Um, I've learned and picked up Spanish along the way. It was never a language that was used in my household. Um, we were just English uh, dominant only. But over the years, you know, I worked in a bilingual school for many years and grew up on the south side of Milwaukee. So I've learned, you know, Enough to get me through, uh, I say, I uh, was when I was in Mexico or Ecuador, just enough to get by. But I knew that I needed someone else to help me <clears throat> with these translations because you, you want it to be just, you know, honest and pure. Like, I didn't want to just go to Google Translate mm -hmm. and be like, oh, hey, here it is. You know, mm -hmm. we can all do that. So person that I worked with me, my friend Yamilka, she's obviously, uh, you know, first language one of her first languages is Spanish so she could make it authentic and I really wanted to go for that um, and the reason for that was is because I have said before I, I work you know when I worked in the bilingual school I met a lot of parents um, or even some students that really didn't read or speak Spanish well um, I grew up on the south side there were a lot of <clears throat> friends that I had and their parents didn't really speak English or read English and you know I just wanted people like that that were around me or that I grew up with uh, to be able to also enjoy and read this you know and so mm -hmm. that was important as well to me you know that mm -hmm. people I knew even close to me almost like family that you know can't read uh, right. you know perfect English or don't know English that well I wanted them to be able to mm -hmm. read this as well. You know, Matt, you're inspiring me right now because I'm working on a couple collections and I have this these newfound family members that we lost touch with in Mexico and they ask me, oh. when are you going to write in po poems in Spanish? And I'm like, oh, oh. I, I really struggle with that. And I think um, yeah. I want to name your translator on air, Yamilka Hernandez. 
Um, yes. And I think it's really important we give credit. Um, a few poems of mine that have been translated, I tap my friend Raul Sanchez because I knew I couldn't do it justice, not even close, and I didn't want to use Google Translate. So that it's really important. Yeah, yeah it's really important. That was, that was how I felt, too. I mean, yeah, because I'm sure your family, you know, in Mexico would easily probably be able to point out the fact that this doesn't make sense maybe or no, no. <laughs> this was done on a computer <laughs> and you're like oh no and I and Raul and his wife did it and he's a poet and um, I've had bad translations and even with my limited Spanish I know a bad translation so yeah yeah well that's I just really wanted to be authentic that's important you know and it's important to the readers right yeah like, yeah for them to understand but then to be like well this isn't even you know, because obviously something that we've written in English can sound totally different mm-hmm. in another language, and it doesn't connect. It might not even connect the same way as your English poem would. Yeah, my friend said he had to add some nouns for me. I couldn't do so many verbs. But I really love that you are focusing on accessibility and you're hearkening back to your community and wanting to ensure that everyone gets to enjoy these poems. That is a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think I I had, you know, the idea a little bit like, oh, well, you know, you never know what people might think or say, or, well, you didn't write this, or you didn't translate this or this, but eh, at the end of the day, I'm just like, you know, as long as it's accessible and, you Mm -hmm. know, people that I know can read it, I'm not too concerned about, but I just struggle with that at first, like, because it wasn't coming from me, you know. Yeah, but I think about as poets, we want to connect, right? And you did the best thing you could. You had a friend who you knew could translate it, and there you could connect. And with that, let could you please read for the audience uh, Questionable on page two? Yes. I thought about all the things that had come and gone. She was a blur, a burst of energy without an explosion. She questioned me as if there were doubts of reality and what was necessary. A distant memory behind the closed door, a fond farewell to an image that she painted with a biased brush, a youthful expression, madness in her thoughts, all is well and all is finished. Her mind is shifted, summer gave way to a familiar chill, a forgotten friend on the road to a poison end. Mm. Questionable, yeah. Mm. I think it's just about all of us when we kind of question things or mm-hmm. what we're doing, where we're going. And, I mean, this one is obviously about questioning even a relationship, you know. And mm-hmm. But what, what, I, doing. what I really liked focusing on in this piece in your third stanza where you have biased brush, which I think is a beautiful way, and you have the repetition in the fourth stanza in the couplet, all is well and all is finished. And then you end yeah. with shifted and chill, with that nice short eye and friend and end. So it's a really nice way to, to start the, the collection. Yeah. yeah. Thank, you, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember exactly, you know, what who this was about, but uh, I'm sure, as you know, every everything we write is about someone or something. Yes. That we know. <laughs> I like to say that we're the sum of our literary ancestors in every story and song and book, and, and it's all in us, you know? Um, yeah. With that, could you read for us Change of Heart on page four? Mm, Yes. This is one of my favorites, too. Oh, good. Change of Heart. (laughs) There will come a glorious morning when she will arise, observe the meaning behind the change in her frame of mind. Clarity provided her with an understanding. 
As life shifted through the dark hours, images based on walking through a screen door, steps on a a routine concrete path will become no more. There is no moral lesson to be learned. The rainbow refused to play after a wild rain. Simplicity at its worst, loneliness grows anew. Her feet bare and purse in hand, she fled. Destination freedom, what is old and unnecessary in her rear view mirror. A goodbye never given, perhaps never owed. A new life awaits, something perfect and far from a substitute home. Hmm. Yeah, I guess when I wrote this one, I just kind of had the you know, idea. Just, you know, someone will awake in the morning. And mm-hmm. it's funny how the mind shifts and feelings shift and things change. And, uh, you know, someday this person will have, uh, you know, I guess, I don't want to say be brave, but uh, the courage to change. Right. We can all change, uh, you know. Whatever we are, whoever we are today, we can change tomorrow, mm-hmm. we'll be whatever it is we want to be or seeking to be. So this is definitely about change. What's interesting about this to me was there's five stanzas for our audience, and the, only the first stanza is capitalized, even though there's a period at the end of every one. And I wondered if yeah. that, you know, why you did that. But then I was starting to think, well, why would you do that? Um, but the, the line that really sticks to me is her feet bare and purse in hand. She fled. Like, that. that's really powerful. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, um, a lot of this, too, and then there's other poems. Um, there's a couple other poems that, in this book that kind of speak a little bit about, like, uh, I guess in a sense, like, feminism, because, mm-hmm. you know, you have a, a young lady here or a woman who just, in a sense, you know, there's a poem in here, too, that talks about finding an identity, you know, realizing that they want change, having the courage to change, mm-hmm. you know, their scenery, their environment. Um, but there's a couple of poems in this book that speak about, you know, um, if, if you read through it. Oh, I, I read through the whole thing. You know, no identity, with an identity without him, I believe it is. But yeah, yeah she just, you know, sometimes women just figuring out and for changing you know, the change of mind. So a lot of that theme is kind of in here too, you know, mm-hmm. woman empowerment. Yeah. Just figuring yeah. it out, you know. I was raised by all women. Okay, so, so you you know feminism. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I had one uncle and a bunch of aunts, my grandma and my okay. mother. Okay, um, okay. So a lot of those things too that uh, I speak about I've seen. Well, now I have or, to ask you, do you teach feminism to your young sons or not so young sons? Um, I do. I do my best. Um, yes. I mean, obviously raising them, taught them, you know, respect and just, you know, how to treat, you know, uh, a woman. Well, yes, that's very important. I'm married to a feminist, so I I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, madness is a theme in this book. And um, I'd Mm -hmm. like you to read page eight, Approaching Madness. Yes, goes into our Van Gogh theme as well. Mm, um, so good. You know. Yeah. I know they have the different stories of well, why he cut off his ear, and I just usually tell people, well, I like to believe the one that, you know, he was so lovesick that cutting off his ear was mm-hmm. his way of distracting from that pain. <laughs> that one sounds more poetic to me okay. <laughs> than him deciding to just cut his ear off. But yeah, that's really even awful. Even it goes in with that um, approaching madness. I've gone back, darkness, questions, insecurities, 
assessing the situation is deadly to my way of life. Dreams I once held so briefly, a tunnel of what ifs and what might have been, desires dropped, abandoned on the side of the road. Passion unfolded, left unfulfilled, two sides to a world of possibilities, infinities and captured queens, checkmate. She declared victory over a game played by two. In the end, her eyes gave permission to fall apart and seek out madness. Yeah, I guess more about just the ending of a relationship, mm-hmm. um, you know. But you know, what you said about Van Gogh in the beginning, and and now I'm seeing the themes. I didn't make that Van Gogh connection, but I really, really like that. Um, I would like you to read page 10, Seeking Better, which I think, you know, we'll talk about construction of the book, but I'd like to hear this poem before we go into that. Another favorite of mine. Time stood still. Emotion spilled on the floor, ignorance and tolerance twisting together. She lost control and I was drained. Forgiveness slowly slipping through our fingers, blank stares and violent screams. Silence hidden between broken glass and mangled dreams. How does life bring about such change? Where does sensibility linger? She carried a torch for something grander, a life without pre-planned laughter, a life worth painting on a subway wall. Reminds me of a New York subway wall when I think of that. Yeah, I like the last image. I like ending poems on an image. A life worth painting on a subway wall. That's really evocative. So let's talk about... That's kind of why it's one of my favorites, too. Yeah? Are you a painter as well? Do you dabble? No, I wish I was. Yeah, me either. No. Just the idea of, you know, I thought of... I'm pretty certain when I wrote it, you know, New York, subway, and you know, people just putting art on walls because in general, we just want to wish we could paint our lives the way we want them to be. Mm, and that's what we do with poetry, right? We paint a picture with words. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, I want to ask you about the construction um, of these, of the, of the book and how it came to be. Um, what, what was, what was behind it? Um, well, the poems weren't put and placed in any order um you know i like to say this is you know this publisher is a a wonderful publisher it's a smaller publisher and not a waukesha wisconsin um and so i jokingly would tell people or i still do like so these this is 50 poems in this book um this is like my drake mixtape and now i'm going to try and find my cash money records (laughs) that's my joke So fishing that bigger, you know, publisher mm-hmm. uh, or Drake's, you know, view, it's a bigger record label. So this is one mixtape. Um, I didn't put them together, though, in any certain order. Um, but I did, you know, pick out kind of what at the time were like 50 of my favorite poems. Okay. Um, but they also shifted again. I did use, you know, I didn't want to have, you know majority of the poems just kind of focus on like one topic so it does focus on madness but i didn't want the entire book to drive somebody mad sure Uh, you know we don't want to yeah just use all poems based on madness but Mm -hmm. you know love or just uh, there's some that speak on you know the sex you know sexual tension Mm -hmm. in here Mm -hmm. um i even use god's storyboard so that's a theme throughout my poetry in general the universe Hmm. you know God, the moon, stars, mm-hmm. just uh, all of my poetry in general focuses on life, mm-hmm. you know. 
uh, life in general. But poets are to ask the big questions, right? We deal with this. Yeah. Um, we'll mention the press, 1016press.com out of Waukesha. Yeah. yeah. You know, the thing about um, our work as poets, you know, I'm glad you picked your favorite poems for this and had them translated, and it works. And the last poem that I'll have you close with um, when we get to that point, it's it has a different feel than the others. So, um, and I, I would like you to read Company Wanted on page 26, but I do kind of want to just give a little disclaimer, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, that, you know, for people that are listening and you're listening to Madison Bookbeat, I'm Angie Trudell Vasquez. We are talking with Matthew Gutierrez about his poetry book, Notes I Wrote Along the Way. And uh, we're going to have him read a poem that um, it might be a little triggering. So if you want to step away for 30 seconds and come back, that's okay. And with yeah. that, Matt, could you read Company Wanted on page 26? Yes, Company Wanted. There's a new. There's a noose hanging in the middle of this room. It calls out to me, proceeds to start side conversations with me. I often glance in that direction. I try not to stare, lost in thought as it sways from the wind, blowing through a side window in a three-wall room. I can't remember if I hung that noose or if an unwelcome guest placed it in the dead of night. Either way, it's there, dark in tone and alone. Companionship it prefers, a partner to play a quick game of kick the chair. If you double dog dare, mocking and mimicking my fears. I wish not to play, but the louder it yells, weakness sets in. I give way to the silence, one foot in front of the other. Scratch my name in the wooden trim. I wonder if the rope is a firm believer in second chances. Hmm. Okay. Such a dark uh, wrote, Yeah. Uh, a little bit, I believe, at some point uh, in the COVID, in the COVID okay. lockdown of a okay. kind of writing. Um, yeah, I, some, you know, I, I wrote it probably at a time when I probably wasn't feeling the best, mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, and, and I just kind of got this image as I was sitting at the chair in my then house in uh, mm -hmm. Milwaukee, and I had the wooden trim, and it kind of reminded me of, if you've ever seen Shawshank Redemption, oh, yeah. the old. Yeah. Older man kind of gets up there, he scratches his name into the wood, and mm -hmm. then he kind of lets go of the chair. Um, so that scene kind of always was one I remember from the film mm -hmm. and kind of plays out in my mind sometimes. But, um, yeah, I just kind of started to piece this one together, and I thought I had, like, this image, like, oh. And sometimes that's how my poetry comes about, too. I just had this image, like, oh, mm -hmm. that played through my head and I thought if there was one hanging in the room and mm -hmm. I kind of just started let the words flow out you know started to write well this is probably one of my favorite pieces in here I think it's kind of an odd dark poem but I like kind of odd poems um, and I think you did a good job with this piece it's a little spooky but it's okay you know um, yeah I think the thing is we you know I talk about death or write about death and I know even now in 2022, you know, it's a little bit like, oh, my gosh, someone's speaking about that. What does that mean? Are you okay? You know, yeah. I did have somebody say, hey, I, I read that one. And just to let you know, I'm not saying you, you are, yeah. but I'm here to talk. To us. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, um, I wasn't feeling that that way. But the, <laughs> the idea of it mm -hmm. kind of this is what started the poem. And I was like, mm, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Sit down, you just start to stare and think. Um, I know you might have gotten some, some odd some glances. People, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for some people, though, this is, uh, uh, you know, these are thoughts, and these are thoughts that people have. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like I was once telling someone a story. I wrote one one time, too, and I think it mentioned, you know, same thing about death, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe like walking out in the traffic. Doesn't mean we're going to walk out in the traffic, but how many times have you just been like, kind of like, uh, I'm just going to just walk out here into this traffic at a red light. You know what I mean? And you're just like, but well, you're not really going to do it. It's just something that may, you know, you say to yourself or you're just like, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think about how poetry heals us. And sometimes we write things down and that's that's as far as it goes. Right. But we have imagination. Yeah. And sometimes I have to tell people this poem isn't about you. It's not about me. It's a poem. It came to be out of yeah. a thought. It's, you know, I don't need to. No one needs to check on me. I wrote the poem. <laughs> well, I appreciate the person who did. I mean, that was very nice of them to check yeah. on me. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it obviously came from you know, probably. I'm sure this is like I said again. This was during our our COVID time, and I'm sure at some point I was tired of staring at my wall. Yeah. You know, uh, during that lockdown, but you know, we all get a little down. We get a little depressed. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I, um, I would. The real thoughts mm-hmm. that go through people's minds, even our own. Yeah. I think it's better we put them down, you know, and uh, it, it goes a little with the Van Gogh theme, too. So I I applaud you for putting that in there. And um, I think about the poems I published and when I was younger and I'm an older person now. And I think I don't know if I'd do that today, but I stand by that work. That was good work. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'll, maybe I'll look back uh, a couple of years and think about that, too. Well, don't discount your work. Let me tell you. Um, and we'll talk about your current project, but um, the Poetry Foundation bought poems I wrote many, many years ago and, and um, gave me a different appreciation for that earlier work. So let's go to page 53. This one, too, was one of my favorites. Because we're having such a good conversation, I'm like, oh, I need to get to my favorites because I want to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, self-production. Uh, company of oneself. All right, company of oneself. It's just me, these empty walls as they close in on me, this door which no one knocks upon, these imaginary ideas, the echoes and the whispers, meaning unknown and held for dear life, the abandonment of fulfilled emotions, the darkness, it comforts the mind, in and out of corners that high tales of seclusion. No one else. The years and the days they have passed over my shallow grave and come crashing into a self-designed reality. The words that no one shall speak, stories that shall never be told, laughter that never existed inside this empty space. I am nothing, we are nothing, truth be told, nothing more, nothing else. No one awaits, no one looks. In the end, it's just myself and the man I used to be. Yeah, this one kind of speaks upon, uh, you get the ending there, the man I used to be. It's just in a, looking back upon the years and mm-hmm. aging. and mm-hmm. You know, in the end, I, this one was obviously, again, written in this pandemic, COVID quarantine yeah. time. Yep, there's yeah. nobody there, just me and myself. I have yeah. to tell you, though, like, you know, I'm Mexican-American, too. And your last stanza in here so reminds me of Frida Kahlo when she said, in the end, it's only you, and I'm paraphrasing her greatly. But I really feel, um, I really feel the that last piece, you know. Yeah. I there, I missed one I wanted you to read, which was page seventy six, because I really love okay. the anaphora. 
in this poem on page 76, finalized love. And I like how you have the anaphora at the end, the repetition. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Finalized love. I pleaded, cried, and slowly died for her, wasted my time, paper, and rhyme for her, laid down my jacket, pride, and my life for her, took punishment, pain, and laid in pity for her, backstabbed family, friends, and myself for her, spit in the face of right, and made a home with wrong for her, loved, left, and forgotten many in life for her, slept in the rain, snow, and blood for her, passed opportunity, lust, and love for her, killed my emotions, soul, and right hand for her, took my desire, passion, and obsession I hold for her, threw them to the side for her, and at last, I'm finished with her. Yes, this one is definitely for a young lady. Yeah. Once crossed my path. Um, but you just think about all the things that, you, when you look back at this poem, the things that we do that we know we shouldn't do. Right? What I find interesting about this piece is that even though you keep saying, you know, for her, for her, for her, and you're done with her, it really reads like you're not in the poem. And I know it's just a poem, but um, I found that kind of comical you know I know there's some pain in oh, here yeah. but uh, <laughs> you know they, a poem can have more than one note is my thought yeah yeah for sure I just thought yeah at one point just end them all with her or her <laughs> you're so done with her we're, um, we're done with her yeah <laughs> good way to end it right? <laughs> oh man I've written many poems like that too the thing about when you are with a poet you're gonna have a poem whether you're a family or a friend or an acquaintance I mean I fall in love with people on the corner and write a poem for them sometimes so that's just the way oh, it goes yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the harsh reality of someone who, who uh, likes to write. Yeah, you're going to be used at some point, and uh, you know I explain that to some people. Yeah, you know, like, and then sometimes you have to think about: is that my story to tell? Well, maybe it is because I had a feeling. But like, I had a poem yeah. recently published, and you know my sister, and uh, the last stanza in the poem is actually for her current husband, which, you know, she told me oh. a story, and there it is, you know. And, uh, okay. yeah, wow. yeah, it's like, you know, you, you tell the story and it becomes a stanza. That's how I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I once saw a, uh, I don't know, meme or some writing on social media that said, yeah, if you date a writer, you will live forever. <laughs> for better or for worse, infamy or not. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully it's a good one. Well, we're powerful with our pens and our pencils and all the things. Um, before you read a few more poems, I want to talk about what you're doing with your projects, where um, people can find your book, and uh, what is in your future. Um, the book you can find at Amazon um, or Barnes & Noble. You can find it online, uh, any either one of those outlets. Um, my currently doing, well, I'm currently relocated to Chicago. I live in Lakeview here, and uh, I'm going to Columbia College Starting in September, a couple of weeks, mm -hmm. I will be doing the MFA in creative writing. So I do have the second book. I've had it for quite some time like, since I've been writing so long. I, I have a lot of material, and I have the 100 poems picked out, um, and I'm ready. I'm just kind of just working on them. I only have 20 of them translated at the time, but I am just kind of going to also, I wanted to work on them a little bit, or... You know, for these next two years, I'm just going to be writing, writing, writing. And so I kind of wanted to stop, uh, you know, I, 
I guess, put a pause on it I did last fall, but uh, I have them picked out. Now I'm going to, starting September, hit the ground running and really work on them really hard, especially while I'm in school and definitely work on those as a project and get that second book out soon. Nice. And it's interesting you've already decided that's going to be bilingual again. Yes, I wish I could, you know, I wish I could find put them in French, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Irish. Mm-hmm. Wish I could put in every language. Maybe someday, if I'm lucky enough, I will have, uh, you know, written something that will be translated into many languages. Mm-hmm. But for now, yes, I and I do, uh, you know, I, I do the Spanish because, again, it goes back to these, you know, friends and family uh that I have made over the years and acquaintances and, you know, again, the parents of some of the students that I used to work with, you know, the students would know English, but the parents didn't, but I wanted, you know, everyone who would enjoy it more uh, or understand it better through a Spanish language, I want them to be able to enjoy my poetry as well. And that's, yeah, I'm going to do that again, definitely. Mm -hmm. So I know the neighborhood you're in, Lakeview, that's the neighborhood Mm -hmm. I stay at when I visit my parents. Yeah. Oh, are they in Lakeview? They're in Lincoln Park, which is close enough that I can walk oh, there. Yes. Yeah, and Couple I always I always far. go to the Trader Joe's over there and stock up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Passed that up earlier, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been exploring the neighborhood and getting to know it. Um, next time you're in town, you're going to have to let me know for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we stay right in there, um, and I know Stan's Donuts, too, so... Oh, I just had that the other day. Yeah, it's great. I love Chicago. My parents live there. Yeah. My sisters live there for years. I, I know it actually really well. I don't need a map. Yeah. So you're in a great neighborhood. Wow. Yeah, you're so in a you're great gonna neighborhood. you're going to have to be my tour guide, huh? Oh, my goodness. Well, we'd be eating our way through things. But, yeah, <laughs> you, you can't. The museums, like, I love a museum. Field Museum has recently um, changed and um, had the exhibits updated for Native Americans and I, I really, really want to get there. I, I know one of the people that worked on it. Um, but Chicago's a great city. I want to ask you for the listening audience and to remind people we're listening to Matthew Guterres speaking from Notes I Wrote Along the Way, a collection of poetry and you're listening to um, 89.9 FM community station WORT. Why now? You have multiple degrees, Matt. Um, why uh-huh. why an MFA at this point in your career? Um, because I've always wanted one. Um, and I speak to the story of me writing and, and starting to, you know, I got uh, started in this field a little later than maybe some, um, you know, I'm a little older, but I've been writing since I was young. But I went to school for uh, psychology. I was a school counselor for the last 13 years. Um, and because the picture in my book, two young men are finally old enough to kind of go on their own. And so I now have the ability to go for mm-hmm. um, what I wanted. Writing is what I wanted to do, um, you know, going for education and to be a school psych uh, counselor. Sort of was like plan B, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you can't ch- chase plan B right away. So mm-hmm. I had to wait until now. Now I can do plan A, which is what I wanted to do. You know, I do want to do an MFA in writing. Uh, someday I would love to teach writing, um, creative writing, you know, at a collegiate level mm-hmm. or you know, university or even a local technical school. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, 
you know, especially I came to Chicago for, you know, um, bigger city, you know, you know, bigger organizations out here, you know, mm-hmm. it's more publishers, more of an outlet just to make connections, you know, so hopefully to kind of, uh, you know, widen my path mm-hmm. and hopefully do some more things as I get going here. Right. Well, as someone who um, started writing at the age of seven but got my MFA at age 48, well, started getting my MFA at, at age 48, I understand. My desire was yeah. to define what I was doing on the page um, and um, worked out well for me. But I yeah. understand that, you know, we we come from Mexican-American people and you do have to pay the bills and take care of your family and <laughs> sometimes you yes. you know dreams deferred i i did recognize in reading your poems a couple of shakespearean references and um there's a poem you wrote about waiting to go back to school um and um i thought that was in really really touching cuz i don't know that i talk about that in my work um oh. yeah but um there's so many poems here that i wanted you to read but um, we're going to run out of time, but there's one poem at the end I'd like you to read. I would like to talk about it. Um, okay. It's on page 102, Loner and a Ghost, and this one has a different feel than the other poems in this collection. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. A little longer one, too. Let me yeah. get myself going here. Okay. Loner and a Ghost. <laughs> My dear friend, you're a ghost. A welcome memory sitting in the passenger side. A ride that is yet to end. It's been quite some years. Yet here we are. A loner and a ghost still passing through these seasoned city streets. I see your image often, deep in facial lines, twins of a kind, and family members you left behind. Aging has left its mark on my soul and weakened my heart. But you, you possess a youthful smile. In the eyes of 18 years and full of hope, wide-eyed and ready to take a rebellious bite out of life, A friend, a sunset, car rides through the ambitious night, discussing girls, sex, heartaches, and headaches. Big city streets designed as a playground for young hearts and carefree concerns, living for the moment, the minutes, and hours at hand. Headphones and constant conversations, unaware if the words were directed to me or the universe, as you negotiated ways to see another day. Rolling the dice on a game of chance, equipped with a deck of unanswered questions, constantly reminded of what was so perfectly pointed out at birth. Play by play, one mysterious morning and unanswered calls, seeking and searching door to door, nothing left to explore. Hospital hallways painted an ominous picture of reality, a dark tragedy. Having to admit that tomorrow may never come, that there will never be another rise of the sun. While years have passed and times have changed, one thing remains deep inside my mind, that long lasting ride. Here we are again, a loner and a ghost. Yes, uh, that was for my buddy. Uh, there it says at the end, Antonio Valle. Yes, uh, unfortunately he passed away in 2002. It's been quite some time. Actually, this has been 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 18 years old. Yep, wide-eyed and full of hope. Yeah, ready to take an ambitious, rebellious bite out of life. Yeah, he passed away at a young age. Had uh, life in front of him, and so. This one kind of came to me, too. I had one I had written for him a long time ago, but this one I started to pen uh, kind of in that COVID moment again. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of this book I had an opportunity to work on and put together mm. and edit. 
and pick out um, mm-hmm. during this COVID time. So I know COVID uh, was not a good thing, not a great thing, but you know, I found a way to make some use out of it. Some, yeah. some of the time that we shut down was not the best, but I found some, a way to put this book together. So I too was productive during that time, during this time, still am. Uh, yeah. We're still in this time, but I, I think channeling yourself into art, into poems, and creating this collection that will live on and paying your respects to family members and your community, it's a beautiful collection. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want the audience to, you know, think that I just spent all of COVID being very productive with art. Don't <laughs> worry. I also was binging Gilmore Girls in the office. <laughs> I like to say we go but, high and low, right? We can watch comedies. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people think poets are all just poeting, but no, you know, sometimes we <laughs> like really bad movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, there was a the whole thing I know during that time. Some people were preaching you should be productive. Some, you know, hey, there were times I was not very productive. So don't yeah. Worry. Well, it comes and goes, but the poems don't write themselves, and you really do have to do the work, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I really have enjoyed speaking with you, and I'm looking back here at my notes and thinking, is there a poem that I missed um, that I wanted you to read? And um, I, I think that there is one that I would like you to hear, I'd like to, the audience to hear, and it's Imaginary Home. I think we're going to close with this one um, because the first line speaks to me. It's page 38, but we have been talking for almost 50 minutes right now, which is hard to believe. Okay. Poets don't usually get this much airtime, Matt. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Also, I have had a wonderful time talking to you. And oh, I can't thank you. wait to meet up in Lakeview yeah. or Lake Park when you get here. Yeah. Imaginary home. It's time to go. The train is boarding. Stamp my ticket. I am a passenger seeking refuge in some other station in some other part of the world. My surroundings no longer suits me. It refuses to change. These people, these faces, some shift, but the majority remain the same. They foolishly insist they know me, perhaps on a surface level, yes, but they never search for the soul inside. Whispers and rumors of who I may be, conjured up stories of which character I play. My story, pre-written by the hands of outsiders, they refuse to let me edit or correct errors, to shed my skin or assume a new identity. The pressures and expectations remain. I must move on if I am to grow forcefully. The environment must change. And that speaks very well to um, I have changed my environment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to change our environment in order to grow. And that sort of speaks to, uh, you know, what I was saying earlier as to where I am, where mm-hmm. I came from, what I'm doing. I'm going to try to keep moving forward, keep moving forward you know, in order to grow. What I really like about this is that you're telling your own story, you know, and I think that's so important as everyone needs to tell their own story. Yeah, it's yes. not let others write that for us. So we yeah, closed with Imaginary Home for a Reason. Because it's time to go. Yeah. The train is boarding. Time to go. <laughs> Everybody, choo-choo. <time> <laughs> Matt, this has been a great Thank conversation. You. I really enjoyed hearing you read your work. Um, I look forward to uh, seeing you in the future and seeing where your poetry goes. And you're in a yes. wonderful city. And um, I would like to tell our audience that you've been listening to Madison Bookbeat. 
Stay tuned this afternoon for All Around Jazz with Alex Wilding-White. The Insurgent Radio Kiosk is up next. I've been your host, Angie Trudell-Vasquez. Keep it tuned here to Community Radio, WORT 89.9 FM Madison. And Matt, it has been my pleasure to be your host on Madison Bookbeat. And when your other book comes out, we'll invite you back. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate the time you've given me. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.